0: And happy Monday to you, Lima Land. Welcome inside the basement doctor studio, John Cook, my partner, Garrett Seawright. Together we are Cookie and the Monster. We appreciate you joining us here on Lima Sports Radio, one The Fan. However you are choosing to do so, whether we've, you've got us on your radio at dot thefancom or whether you're using the free one The Fan app. You made time for us. Un- I have
1: since, I don't know, probably October.
0: W- with, w- without We've, hearing the word mulch, or
1: uh, yeah, no mulch was spoken. The the words rake and edge and uh, topsoil were used as well, but it was all right. Uh, there Good was for a, you. I saw that our next door neighbor was power washing his, the back of his house, and like, bro, it's early. All right, <laughs> <laughs> calm, calm down. Like I just got her off of like we need to paint the insert in our fire pit out back. Like, okay, all right, fine. I don't I don't need when do you go get that power. I need that in my life right now so
0: but you got a lot done right
1: ca- calm down yeah but we, we got we got stuff done um, everything that I had said over the course of November December January February and March of when it gets nice and the <laughs> sun's actually out I'll, I'll do that 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 bill came due this weekend so I got it done
0: I, I I am still waiting to collect on that bill and it's coming but it's now going to be a minimum it, minimum of two more weeks off I I should have gotten to some of it Uh, I did get the yard mode right, literally right ahead of a torrential downpour, so that was nice.
1: Um, See, it never, it only rained last night in Salina. Uh, Never got rained on.
0: I, I, man, serious. Like, driveway looked like Rapids a little bit, a couple times, so it, it but it was a very, very interesting sports weekend. I did get the time to make one last little final hoorah celebration for my daughter's graduation from college because that was a couple of weeks ago, so we did the whole family get-together, ah. both sides of the family kind of thing uh, on on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, I actually went to the office for a little bit, got some work done, trying to get some things done because, as we may or may not have discussed on here, tomorrow is my last official day of work, <laughs> probably for the school year. Even though there's some time left in the school year, I will be leaving the office at the end of the day tomorrow and not returning for a little while due to some some needs that I have medically. So I was trying to work this weekend, got to the office about seven, got back, had a graduation party to go to Saturday. It was supposed to start started at ten. We were there about eleven. Got home, got the yard mode, let it torrentially downpour at my house for a little bit, and then Sunday was the whole, you know, do church and then go do the, the graduation party thing. And was hoping to watch some game sevens and they didn't really Materialize the way I'd kind of envisioned those <laughs> materializing. So, no. so it was it was a good weekend, but a little bit of a downer weekend for me sports wise. Um, Love the weather, and and can't wait to have more of it. But um, I'm
1: I'm much more inclined to this weather, by the way. I knew you were, uh, uh, I mean, and I'll take this. We, we, we and I've said we have window air conditioners at our house uh, that we haven't put in yet because we're cheap. And the high of 74 today is much more welcome than the high of 89 yesterday.
0: I enjoyed the high of eighty nine yesterday, but and I get it. But I always hear people talk about San Diego's got to be the best seventy five and sunny. And it's like, if it's seventy five and sunny, it's that, that means if it's you very seldom have a day when you think I need to get in the pool. I don't seventy five and sunny will get her done. Seventy five, you you can get in the pool. You don't need to get in the pool. Like I can enjoy seventy five without a pool. I can't. As much as I love the hot, I don't want to have a whole bunch of ninety without a pool somewhere in the vicinity. It's true. Fair. But, I just, I said it when it was 89 and sunny on Saturday or whatever day that was, Sunday. I said, and I've said, it, I want to live where that is February.
1: Oof. Oof. John. I want to find out.
0: People Dude. tell me. My brother even tells me. I mean, it gets, it's just, it's too hot. Okay. Well, I want to find out. Because I don't get to say that. Yeah. But by often. the
1: time you find out, we going to do, we got to have a backup plan at that point. Uh, Pool. okay, okay. Pool. <laughs>
0: Granted, I'm not a guy that works a road crew, so maybe the saying that the hot, the heat doesn't bother me might not be a fair statement when I'm not you know standing in it and doing f- a lot of physical exertion during the heat of a day like that. But I've had my days. I've done a little straw baling and hay baling and that kind of thing. Thought it was all right. But the sports weekend, how was it for you sports wise? Because you didn't have a, a you know a rich strike ruining your <laughs> ru- ruining no. and making your Saturday spectacular all at the same time.
1: No. Uh... Last night, Game 7, hockey-wise, spectacular. Phenomenal. Enjoyed it.
0: Are you a person who celebrates, like, it's maybe not connected to exactly what you're saying, but when the Maple Leafs lose, is that, like, great for you?
1: Uh, I did enjoy it. (laughs) I thought maybe you would. Okay, simply, like, the Pittsburgh Penguins lost last night in spectacular fashion. Former Blue Jacket buries the game-winning goal. Couldn't have enjoyed it more. Because that's like the end of an era for the Pittsburgh Penguins where they've got some dudes on expiring contracts that they're not going to be able to afford to bring back that played for them for 15 years. It's over. The Maple Leafs lost on Saturday night. In one of my Monday's, I think the Monday's headline today, I got right. I told you, they're going to lose. I you thought did. they would get killed. They didn't. They played to overtime. But it just makes it that much sweeter that you have you know 30,000 people in Toronto crying because they lost in overtime. It's almost... To me, the fun part about watching them lose is since 2018, that's the they're 0-10 in closeout games. 0-10 in four years. So you know it's coming, and all you can do is sit there and be like, this is going to be spectacular.
0: <laughs> For everybody. And it was. Except their fans. Right, and it was. It was great. And did I hear correctly? That, now listen, you, maybe you shouldn't even be allowed to be a sports talk show host if you're going to sit back behind a microphone and say some of the things I'm about to say. But is it? I I think I heard today that they've not made it out of the first round of the playoffs since two thousand four. Two thousand four. That's pretty unbelievable for a franchise like that one.
1: A playoff series since two thousand four, and since two thousand eighteen, Owen Tannen closeout games. And
0: I do not know who the Maple Leafs head coach is. And okay, and I apologize. Maybe I'm not a sports expert. But I did hear today, while I was grabbing my lunch at one twenty-five this afternoon, I did hear today that he had made a comment that they had earned a lot of respect in the handshake line this year yeah that's got to sit well with the fans
1: hey you know we <laughs> didn't win but the the team who beat us they sure went hey appreciate that that's a hell of a take
0: yeah, they, they, that's got to make the fans feel good. We've not been out of the first round in eighteen years, but at least people respect us after they kick our ass.
1: Well, last night, um, Jake Ottinger is the goalie for the Dallas Stars, and literally every player from Calgary stopped him in the handshake line and was like, "Bro, we had no business beating you, but hey, you, you like he stopped. I think two hundred. He had two hundred and seventy-two saves in seven games. <laughs> Who? <Whew. laughs> like he had sixty-four saves in a game seven and lost. Yeah, that they, they be stopped. To they stopped and were like, "Hey." don't don't feel bad about that one because you're a boss so sometimes you can' play good and get beat but yeah. you, sh- you shouldn't be thumping your chest about you shouldn't right. be like hey you guys might be you know, it might be a little concerned that we haven't won a playoff series in you know 18 years you know George Bush was in his first term the last time we won a, a playoff series <laughs> but the guys that shook our hands after the series they respected us great perfect thanks
0: that's, that, that's like the uh, professional sports equivalent of everybody gets a trophy
1: a little bit. At the same time, speaking of things coaches said in press conferences after they lost Game Seven, Monty, I always like talking about that. Monty Williams, last night, says it, it was he didn't have the Suns prepared. It's just what you say. I get that, but at some point, like that—that's that, a—that's a bad because he's secure. Somebody who's on the hot seat can't say. I didn't have them prepared. Doc
0: Rivers could not have said right. that had he made it to a game. Set. Correct. With with no absolute, and he wouldn't have.
1: And I, I loved it. Dan Patrick this morning. Had said, you know, uh, I wish somebody would have asked. When did you realize you didn't have them prepared? Was that before the game? Was that about uh, halftime when you were losing by four? It was pretty damn early. <laughs> it was
0: quick. <laughs> I can tell you. And we're going to talk about it later in the show. So I didn't want to open the show just going crazy about it. But it is. It was a crazy, crazy day in the NBA with the Game 7s. Both of them. Boston. Now, I said middle of last week I was leaning slightly toward Boston. I thought it could yeah. get 7. I was leaning that way. And I kind of talked myself out of it because I could not bring myself to say they're going to beat Giannis twice in a row and they're going to win a Game 7. And, he's, and I just didn't, didn't know that I trusted that. There was nothing that I saw in that whole series that would have led me to believe that in a series in which the home team had won two games, in six contests, the home team had won twice, that that the home team would do what they did. And what what happened in Phoenix and Dallas, we're going to talk more about, but I I, I just, I defy anyone to give me a, a legitimate explanation for what happened and then tell me that there's a reason why you learned something from that game. Because... Well, I'll just hold on to that comment. I, I did, I did feel for Monty Williams. Let's. I've, I'm a bit. I don't know if we've said this on these airwaves before. I'm a bit of an aficionado in the category of jaw-droppingly large up losses, not upsets, losses. at it, some very odd times. But my teams were never as good as the people they were playing against. I, right. I didn't you, take. You, you I didn't take never, a team that led the league in wins right. or led the state in wins or
1: like, played the finals and, last year. No.
0: And I don't have. And I mean. The fact that Monty Williams got up there and had something to say, I, I tipped my cap
1: because I would have been pouting and I would have had nothing to say. Don't you sit down like, anybody got any questions? Before you, before the questions. So that sucked.
0: Yeah, I don't have a statement, so if you'd like to ask me questions, stupid or otherwise, now would be a good time to go ahead and start. And he he tried to deal with it like a man, but I, that one's going to stick. I, that one's going to stick because it's what happens in the NBA. You, you start to become a guy who gets identified uh, they identify patterns quickly. Up two zero in the finals last year. Out. Up two zero in the <laughs> conference semifinals this year. When you had lapped the league in the regular season. And I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk more about what I think maybe is going to be the concern for the Suns going forward. And more more than that, what's exciting about the Mavs going forward. Whoo. And Luca play, and when he gets a couple of guys to go with him, they are absolutely spectacular.
1: Get a couple of guys to piss him off, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can get going.
0: We gotta Maybe don't it. mock him. Don't mock him. Don't mock the guy. Yeah, I would say let sleeping dogs lie, if that's yeah. an expression that yeah. you get into. Buy it with that dude. Got to take it down. Jenkins, jeweler timeout. When we come back, we'll get to our Von's Twitter poll questions. We got Reds conversation because, well, the Reds were the Reds over the weekend, <laughs> and we can't wait to chat about that. We will revisit our Monday's headlines today, which were – I'm on par with our typical performance yeah. in the Monday's headlines. And a whole lot of football conversation today. We want you to stick around after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. I'm John Cook. He's Garrett Seawright. We're Cooking the Monster. And this is 93 on the Fan. Welcome back inside the basement doctor studio. Cooking the Monster with you here on 93 on the Fan. And it is time for our VonsJewelry.com Twitter poll questions.
1: Yep. We got three of them up today at nine three one the Fan on Twitter. They're brought to you by Von's Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love online at vonsjewelry.com. The first question was: The Reds no hitting the Pirates, but still losing a new low. Sixty-four percent say yes, because there are you can f- you can find some optimism in that. Hey, we, we no hit somebody, Hunter Green, who had been just slapped around last couple times he went out, went seven and a third, no hits, no. say, now that's a new low. I want to know what the 35.7%
0: see about that question that makes them vote no, because it's it's a very well-worded question. New low. We've had low after low after low after low. When you no-hit a team, when they get no hits, and you lose, that cannot be in any way deemed a high point. It is the newest of the new lows. And today we might do something to change it, or tomorrow. But But it is absolutely the new low for the season, no question. New low. Can't wait to talk more about that.
1: We'll do that coming up in about 10 minutes
0: Looking forward to it.
1: Also, we're asking, do you believe Deshaun Watson is taking the Browns offense to the Bahamas for team building and football chemistry? Which is what the report from Jocena Anderson says. 73% say yes. What? Really? Well, it depends on
0: how it is that you, you define team building and football chemistry because there is a a way to look at this as he's doing this to try and preemptively manage the damage to the chemistry that's coming when he gets suspended.
1: You can create team building and football chemistry at Dave and Buster's in Cleveland. You ain't got to go to the Bahamas. You, you, can, you can do it at, but if you go to Dave and Buster's in
0: Cleveland, everybody's going to scream at you because you're Deshaun Watson. Right? You can.
1: probably rent the place out for a few hours before they open or. anybody
0: whatever. in the Bahamas even going to know who he is?
1: Yeah, you think there'll be people on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> there will be somebody. <laughs> when are, when there. are they going? Uh, this weekend. Nice. This weekend. Nice. Good, also, good. by the way, Deshaun Watson is meeting with the NFL for the first time this week. So, <laughs> big big week for Deshaun. But yeah, that's a that's that's two ends of the spectrum there. I just I, I, is it okay for Deshaun Watson to take the Browns' off offense to the Bahamas to just get wasted out of their minds and I, chase a little tail? i, I, <laughs> I, 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 he I can't would, say that. I, I,
0: would, I would guess that most of them agree that it's perfectly fine.
1: Also, in what might be my f- new favorite tweet of all time, <laughs> Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain <laughs> Dealer tweets that Baker Mayfield is not expected to accompany the Browns' offense to the Bahamas. You don't say. Who's
0: establishing that
1: expectation? <laughs> like, really? You, you, you don't say. Now that deserves the breaking news. You, Baker Mayfield not expected to go to the Bahamas with the Browns' offense.
0: Do you think he was invited? I don't. How does that, how, I, I, do, I don't <laughs> think he don't was think invited. So. How do you suppose Deshaun went about sending me invites? They didn't just put like a Facebook announcement out there, did they?
1: Uh, I, uh, I, I posted I, on I, the bulletin board in the in the team hallway like between the offensive yeah. and defensive meeting rooms i would like that better if he you know had a facebook group of browns players <laughs> that's their facebook group i would prefer that but no i don't believe baker mayfield uh, got invited and i uh, yeah i don't believe he was going if he did get invited
0: i would go i oh man i would definitely go
1: have you ever seen uh, the movie Superbad? With yes, I have. I, I saw somebody it's tweet one, tweet one of today. My ten like, favorite
0: movies of all time.
1: Baker Mayfield showing up to the to the airport airport on Friday, like Chicka Chicka Yeah, yeah. what's up, gangsters? <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, 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 he ain't uh, he ain't coming. Oh. Believe it or not, he ain't coming. Also, our final. Von's Jewelry, uh, com Twitter poll question. Should the OHSAA adopt a rule that baseball tournament, sh- baseball tournament games should be played on turf like they do for football? 85% say no.
0: Because, I, because we don't have enough baseball fields with turf?
1: I, I would imagine because there are baseball purists who believe that the game should be played with dirt and grass, and I understand that. And at some point when you're, like, playing the district final regional semis and regional finals in about a day and a half cuz you got rained out for a week maybe turf ain't such a bad thing
0: i th- i think i would like to have more conversation about that for sure like i think the number of fields that have turf is probably a little more limited but if yeah. the OHSA is going to make that rule for football it would only make sense for them to make that rule for baseball
1: well and that's like the argument for football is hey, we don't want the field to affect who wins and who loses. Would you rather have it affect who gets to play and who doesn't? Right. Uh, then my, my flip side of that is isn't that how it kind of works in baseball, too? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who wins and who loses is sometimes dependent on the field. Take a bad hop from a rock in the field. I guess that's just part of the game. But in football, you know, it's all like, oh, it's football weather. It's disgusting and gross and then we've got this beautiful green grass with white painted lines on it because there's uh 800 Goodyears inside the (laughs) inside the the carpet because it's all it's all turfed up i don't i just it doesn't i'm not at all
0: surprised that that the majority of people would vote no for that question i am borderline shocked that 85 percent would vote no yeah
1: i just would figure
0: I just yeah. don't imagine that there's that strong of a baseball purist feel about the game of high school baseball and we know what a struggle it
1: is to get games in, in here anyway. But I I wonder if I were to put up a poll question of which is more important than the OHSAA football playoffs more centrally located or I guess more neutrally located or turf I think some people, I think it would almost, I would guess 60% would say turf was more important than a neutrally located field.
0: I, I would think that's probably right. So I don't... I we got to change some minds. Come on, people. Get out there and vote yes. That, that the OHSA should adopt the rule that baseball tournament games should be played on Maybe term. if you get or to the maybe, regionals yeah, yeah, or whatever. Or, yeah, district, whatever. Regionals, whatever. Some, some level, you got to start eliminating some things and, and doing what's... I'd, I'd be fully in favor. Fully in favor. Those are good questions today, sir. Yeah, we did all right. Pretty good work today. New low for the Reds new low well it's definitely it's it's definitely new and i don't know how you can see it as anything other than a low like i said if you want to talk about positive direction for hunter green after the rough start he's but that, that's fine have at it they didn't give up a hit <laughs> eight eight plate appearances for their opponent didn't get a hit and got a win i wonder if, do we get to call is it on some level like an, a new low
1: for the pirates too I think they—they'll say it's probably a new high for the Pirates. (laughs)
0: Look at what we got. (laughs) They were—they were starting to make the Reds look like they might have a little resurgence in them. That they were got—got the ship righted, got no hits against two Reds pitchers, and got a win. win. Can you tell that's where we're going after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout? The Reds have the Redsiest outcome of the year. Love it on the show sheet. Looking forward to chatting about it, and we will do that after this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. We hope you'll stick around. I'm John Cook. He's Garrett Seawright. We're Cooking the Monster, and this is 93.1 The Fan. Back here inside the basement, Dr. Studio, Cooking the Monster with you on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. And Garrett, we both went to the weekend just so full of optimism for the Reds. We'll, re- yeah. we'll revisit Monday's headlines today very, very soon. But both of us were oddly optimistic. We had seen some things from the Reds during the most recent, oh, I don't know, seven to eight game stretch that I think... Convince
1: both of us they'll ride this wave for a little while it's the pirates right they, they we saw so much reason for optimism in their first series against the pirates that you had every reason to believe that that was going to keep going and
0: the beginning of this series oh yeah beginning of this Thursday series. went fine
1: yes and then Friday went <laughs> fine mm-hmm. and then you know hit them and lost yeah
0: Saturday went fine for uh, a, a while, while. yeah I don't know how it is. That it's Well, I know how it is because baseball, that's how it is, that a team that can do what the Reds have been doing offensively over the last four to five, maybe four to six games, certainly three times in, in the last six games, they had looked borderline explosive offensively. Not so much on Saturday. And you all know it by now, and if you've been under a rock and didn't know it or you have a busy life, and I shouldn't be demeaning to anyone, if you have a busy life and just didn't know it, the Cincinnati Reds lost one nothing to the Pittsburgh Pirates on Saturday. And they did so while allowing zero hits. Hunter Green and who was the reliever he combined with? Art he Warren. Left? Art Warren, who sounds like he pitched in 1929. He's from Napoleon. Is that right? Yeah. Well, he got in there and 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 did his job the to a degree. Oh, um, yeah. the, the the Reds gave up no hits. And Hunter Green was pulled in the bottom of the 8th.
1: Yep, seven and a third gone through.
0: Seven and a third. Um, if you're wondering why you pull a guy through seven and a third um, no hit baseball, it's because I think he threw a hundred 118 pitches. 118 pitches. That was the most in the majors this year by a considerable margin. I think there were only two other guys that had ever e- even gotten to a hundred and ten. And he still had six outs to try try and get. Yeah. So Now
1: I, I will I, I will say there. When he got pulled, he had just walked his second straight batter. Right. So, And he had one out. One pitch, and he's out of that inning, potentially. If he just throws the slider and gets somebody to ground it out, he's out of the inning. Then you got a decision on your hands, right? I mean, if he's at 120 pitches going into the ninth, you tell him, hey, you got to work pretty fast. (laughs) Work pretty quick here, son. Don't put me in a position where I got to right. Don't put me in a position where I got to come get you. Because while watching this, all I'm thinking of is like, I, 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 this is entirely different than the Clayton Kershaw one earlier in the season where Dave Roberts pulled him, right? Because right. No question. The reds aren't aren't winning a championship, okay? Red, red, reds aren't wondering, you know, oh man, if only we had pulled Hunter Green in that start, would we have won a championship? No, that's not that's not what is even remotely close to on the on the table. They're playing meaningless baseball from here through the end of September, first week of October. These games don't matter because it is already over, as horrific as that is to hear on May 16th. But you might as well. I, I, my cynic, cynical thought was, well, what the hell David Bell care about the rest of Hunter Green's career? He ain't going to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is that is a particularly craven way of looking at things. Who, I just who, have ca- to say. who cares if David David Belt cares about Hunter Green? He ain't gonna be coaching him after oh. uh, I don't know Flag Day. What's what's it matter? Now I realize that's a horrible way to look at it, but it's I, at that point of this at this point of the season, you're playing for like personal pride and individual accomplishments, and to entertain me. So, <laughs> in the, not in that order let him out there and pitch man
0: <laughs> the likelihood is that you're you're still trying to manage the, uh, some sort of long i mean the, the, the certainty is that you're trying to manage some sort of long-term career plan right. for Hunter Green i get all that i understand it i'm i'm just stuck on this thing that, you know obviously when you hear that hey you got a no hitter and the lost and we know look don't start hollering at your radio or grabbing your phone to say, well, technically it's not a no-hitter because it didn't go... They, they did not I, give I, up a hit. It, it, it's right. They they played the version of the game that they're allowed to play, and their pitchers did not allow anybody to get a base hit. I've been concerned all year long about Hunter Green giving up the long ball. I think he's given up 11 or 12, and he leads yeah. the majors. Base-
1: Baseball America did a really like in-depth story on how his fastball is the most hittable fastball in the majors. Even at 101, 102 miles an hour, that it Flat comes it, it comes in so straight that it is that like basically anybody can deal with speed it's the movement that's a problem and he ain't got no movement on it like,
0: oh it's a problem that i don't problem. remember the guy it was a local guy and i think he was a perry product who one time who was a really good high school pitcher and i think may have pitched for the locos and kind of got shelled a little bit and the one the one quote that i heard a guy say was boy i bet he's good in high school and they said okay. why is that he said because he throws it hard and straight yeah <laughs> But it just doesn't work right. when you move up the levels if you throw it hard and straight. But as concerned as I've been about the home runs, I've been more concerned about the walks. They, they, they continue to be a problem. Um, I think the guy's ceiling is ridiculously high. Everybody does. Everybody's re- incredibly high on Hunter Green. Um, Cause for concern is there. But he has what looks like to be the best outing, obviously, that, that he, he may get to have this season. And his team can't scratch a run. And so if you're like me, and I don't think too many people are, that's probably a good thing. But we all share at least this much in common. When something that seems to be really, really outlandish and a big outlier moment happens, don't you tend to ask yourself, when's the last time that happened? Or how many times yeah. has that happened? Most of you have already done that and looked it up. This is the sixth time in Major League Baseball history that a team has allowed no hits and lost a baseball game. I was just tickled pink to learn that the first time it happened, the Reds were actually the winners
2: yes, in that in situation. 1962.
0: 1964. Right. April of 1964, they beat the Colt 45s, who we now affectionately know of as, know as the Astros. The, the cheaters. The cheaters. Yeah, the asterisks, I heard a guy yes. call them the other yes. day. I think that's pretty freaking sweet. But the Reds got a win in 19 And it, the, the starting pitcher in 1964 for that game was Joe Nuxall. Ooh, That's kind of cool. That's a good piece of trivia. The second time it happened was 1967. The Orioles lost to the Tigers. And then it didn't happen again for 23 years. In July of 1990, the Yankees lost to the White Sox in a game in which they were no hit. I think the Yankees scored four runs in that one. Yikes. Or three. (laughs) It was because there were four errors in one inning. And the Yanks I think, got three runs out of it. In 1992, the Red Sox, they actually had this in the article I read, Red Sox lost to the Guardians. It was 1992. They didn't (laughs) lose to the Guardians.
1: No, no, they didn't.
0: They lost to the Indians, and we get to say that because it was 1992. The Red Sox lost to the Indians despite giving up no hits. And the last time it happened was 2008. The Angels lost to the Dodgers despite two pitchers giving up no hits. So I don't know what what other amazing feat in baseball history has happened as few as six times that we'll ever get to talk about again here on our airwaves. Probably not one. And if it's the highlight... While we're calling it a new low for the Reds, I think that's fair. It may be the highlight of the conversation that we get to have for the Reds. Maybe. Give me your we're... give me your over-under on how many more times in the next three years Hunter Green will take a no-hit at the eighth. Even if he's not a Red. Once. Once? Yeah. I think he'll do it again this year.
1: I don't have that much faith.
0: I think he'll do it again this year.
1: Because it's... I mean, w- was his last start the one that he struck out seven batters out of eight outs? It was two <laughs> starts before. I, mean, I think I was, I was it was two say, starts was like, ago. You know, th- two two starts ago, you were the first pitcher in Major League Baseball history to give up five home runs and strike out seven in the same in the same outing. And this time, you go seven and a a third. I I don't know. I think he maybe throws just a hair too many pitches to. Finish off a no hitter?
0: Well, again, Cause he, I don't know that he'll finish I mean, one, he, but I think
1: he'll get into the eighth. Yesterday, he threw sixty-nine strikes and forty-nine balls.
0: Whew! Not the percentage you're
1: after. And he, and he threw more sliders than fastballs.
0: And he's done that two starts in yeah. a row.
1: That I one, because his slider is sick nasty. It's fantastic. I I think he can. I, I, well, I th- do. I think he'll throw a no hitter sometime in his career. Yeah. I just the consistency is a, a problem, and then you just throw a lot of pitches because if your slider is not somewhere like starting near the middle of the plate and darting down and away, if it starts outside, it's going to stay outside, and dudes dudes aren't swinging at it, so they so he gets into a bunch of you know late counts because he's trying to get everybody to swing and miss everything. Problem.
0: I say this with no. I'm not saying it as a declarative statement of my opinion. I'm saying it as a point of reference. So please, please hold your vitriolic criticisms of what an idiot I am till I'm all the way done with what I'm about to say. The early stages of Nolan Ryan's career, he had efficiency issues, he threw incredibly high numbers of pitches, and nobody cared that much. He also was roughly a 500 pitcher. But his good was so good, That every time he took the bump, you you knew what could happen. And for him, it did happen seven times, I
1: think. Well, and he took, I I saw the stat the other day, he took 23 no-hitters past the seventh inning or something like that. Or into the eighth. That's impressive. I have no, not even the beginnings of
0: a belief that Hunter Green is going to be Nolan Ryan. I am saying there's a similarity to their early parts of their careers and there's a similarity to the stuff that they take to the bump when they go up there. And that's why I think, hell, Homer Bailey threw two. Yeah, he's gonna get he's gonna get another one into the eighth this year. Think so? I do. I don't know who it's going to be against. I'm, I would lean toward the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't like to pick how, on people. How many more but, starts does he have against the Pirates?
0: <laughs> Pirates and the Nationals. I think he would have a shot. I, I think he will. Do I think he's going to you know miraculously turn it around and you know win fourteen games this year? No, I do not. He does pitch for the Reds.
1: But, well, and that's, the, that's part of the – like, I, when you said, you know, Nolan Ryan was, you know, 500 pitcher, I think Hunter Green would do things that are illegal in Arkansas to be a 500 pitcher. He's 1-6. But you got no business losing that game yesterday. Like, you should not be tabled with a loss. You don't, you don't give up a hit. You go 7 and a third and you don't give up a hit. You lose one nothing. Like, that ain't on you.
0: I think the Reds won, had won 7 out of 9. Now that they, they've lost a couple in a row, right, to, to, to end yeah. that series um d- does that thing on saturday kind of catapult them into another just disastrously bad streak of baseball or can they shake that off and and f- i mean they had some confidence Garrett this team had some confidence over the last couple of of weeks and then all of a sudden they lose two in a row particularly losing the the, the one on saturday the way they did are, are we going to be are we going to be talking about another nine game losing streak or losing you know 16 out of 20 and then really put this thing to bed
1: yeah, I, I don't know how and this is just me, I don't know how you go into a series against the Guardians and Blue Jays and think that abomination of the end of the series against the Pirates out 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 of the back of our minds. Let's get back to our winning ways. I don't I don't see how you do that. You lost a game when you didn't give up a hit against the Pirates. It's it's not like Hunter Green was facing Nolan Ryan yesterday.
0: Or the twenty seven Yankees lineup.
1: Right and you lost one nothing. So I don't I, I I don't I don't foresee a and part of the problem is, is you got 2 against the Hardigans, against 3 against the Blue Jays, 4 against the Cubs which is you you can win some of those games. Then Giants, Red Sox, Nationals, D-backs could be a stretch there, but yeah, I would think more likely that you're about to you know lose 9 of 11. Something like that. You're, that's you're, that's my fear. You're about the, to lose 8 of 11.
0: In the preceding four games, the Reds had scored 41 runs. Now they've scored a total of a run Oof. in two games. And they are going to take on what, the Guardians for two. Two. And then at Toronto for three. And then they got the Cubbies for four. Mmm. <laughs> if, if you... that's 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 nine right there and then the Giants for three after that i'm thinking i'm looking at that schedule and i'm thinking i top end they can win four
1: right is f- four four and nine in that stretch is that best case ontario probably <laughs> who
0: history made one of only six teams in the history of the of the sport to give up no hits and lose but Bigger question is, what does that mean going forward? Because as Garrett likes to say, really aren't playing for a lot. The games no. don't mean a ton.
1: You're playing for personal, like Tommy Fam's. like, I'm getting my numbers. Well, go you, big fella. <laughs> get your get your numbers. Hunter Green should be pitching as if, like, I'm going to try to throw a no-hitter this year. Because what does it matter? You are already out of it. No matter what you do from here on out, it don't matter. So you might as well just try to, like, get yourself a, get yourself a bag. Nine
0: and 26 are the Reds as they head into two with the Guardians. I almost said the Tribe caught myself right there mid-sentence. Two against the Guardians, so we'll look forward to seeing the outcome of those two. Look, people, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard, and I tried really hard going into the weekend to be super optimistic about the Reds. I would love to be. But. But they are still five games behind the Cubs.
1: And the Cubs are terrible. And
0: they are... What, six and a half behind the Pirates? And that's a team they've beaten fairly consistently this year. Six and a half behind the Pirates. It is the most redziest thing of the year to lose the way they did. Unfortunately, I think we'll have more conversations about what else happens to qualify say, for the redziest outcome like his, of the year. It's the
1: redziest thing so far.
0: <laughs> yeah. <You know, laughs> oh, boy. They've given up two cycles to the same dude, lost a game in which they gave up no hits. I think that'll happen again this year. In baseball, More. not to the Reds. Uh, in baseball.
1: I would guess no.
0: What's your over under on how long it takes? Again, telling you that the first time it happened, it took three years to happen again. Then it took 23. Then it only took two, and then it took 16.
1: I don't think it'll be as long as you think.
0: I think it's going to be a decade. Think so? Yep. I don't know if we'll still be doing this in a decade, but somebody hold me to that, and we'll check it out. Next time it happens, we'll be I, able to say. Remind me. Yeah. I am hope I'm breathing in a decade, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a non-jigus jeweler timeout. When we come back, we'll revisit the Game 7s from the NBA. What a weekend in the NBA, and not for a really good reason, to be honest with you. <laughs> we'll chat about that after this on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. From time to time, we do a thing here called One Word. We may get to that at some point this week, but I want your One Word from NBA's Game 7s on Sunday. Because I was looking forward to it all day. And I was very 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 disappointed to not have to be interested for much long for uh, any longer I was, than i, I was, was. Say
1: it's disaster disaster word is worst case scenario hyphenated one word <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that was I, that wasn't pretty that was not uh i'm sure what the nba was hoping for what espn was hoping for what tnt was hoping for didn't go well
0: no and and it's interesting because you you see things like this happen and i think it causes a lot of questions i
1: when when your one takeaway is like at least the Bucks tried. <laughs> that that's the one takeaway from Game 7 Sunday in the NBA. So at least the Milwaukee Bucks really put some effort into it. Yeah, but
0: that's the thing that I think is the most puzzling to me. Both games were kind of a a, a little bit of a tale of two halves to a degree. And I say that almost tongue in cheek, but I kind of mean it. I mean the halftime score of the Celtics and Bucks game was what? 48-43. I think, that, I, yeah, think the C's, I think the Seas had a five-point lead and really kind of blew it open, so to speak, in the third. However, being up 15 after three in this series was kind of the death knell. The Bucks and the Celtics both had blown large third-quarter leads in the fourth quarter a couple different times. And so, yes, it was 15 or whatever going to the fourth, and that was seemed like a large lead. But again, having watched the series, I was very curious about what might happen, and then the Bucks just lay an egg in the fourth. Score seventeen in the fourth. Yeah, the Bucks at least tried. They got eighty-one on the board, man.
1: In game seven. In game seven, as the defending champs,
0: He scored eighty-one points. Now I say all that to, to to move us to game two because if you didn't see it, it
1: <laughs> I mean you didn't miss
0: L- Luca had twenty-seven at half, and so did the Suns.
1: And they asked. Luca at or at the game, did you know how many points you had at the half? And he said, Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Sure
0: he did. He had 27 and the Suns had 27. So I ask you this question, Garrett. Would we feel differently? And by the way, the Suns lost 123 to 90 on their home floor in a game seven
1: as the number one seed,
0: as the number one overall seed in the NBA and the reigning champs or reigning uh, conference champs. They lost the second half I believe 63 to or 66 to 63. I think. If it had been 66-63 at halftime and goes like this and ends like that one did, do we feel differently about the Suns?
1: Uh, because if you didn't if you
0: didn't watch it, it was never
1: a game. Right, from the get-go it, it did not go well. And I don't, I was going to ask you earlier, is that Monty Williams fault? Is that the player's fault J- just in general? Whose fault who should be at fault when you're not hyped up and ready to play from the get-go.
0: Well, and, and here's my problem with the entirety of the whole scenario, okay? Because if, if this happens in Game 5, everybody says, don't even look at the film, flush it, right. and get to the next right. one. The Celtics had to do that once in this series. The the Warriors had to do it in their own series. It happens in a Game 7, and now we got to say, what are we going to do in the off season? Because just run it back doesn't feel like it can be the answer. Right. And why do we feel so drastically different because it didn't happen in a game six, it happened in a game seven? And I'm not saying we shouldn't feel that way. I'm just saying we've watched the Jazz run it back after early playoff exits, and it didn't really work so well for them, so now they're probably going to be doing an overhaul of some sort. The Suns made the finals a year ahead of schedule. This year they don't get back to the conference finals. They get run out of their own building at home in a game seven. I don't know what the answer is, but I know it's going to be an interesting offseason for the Suns we got to do another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we will reset uh, the Twitter poll questions and get back to those Monday's headlines today on Lima Sports Radio. 93-1 The Fan. And hour number two straight ahead here on Cooking the Monster. First hour in the books. Man, it felt like a quick first hour. If you missed it, uh, we apologize. Hope that you can get with us and stay with us through hour number two. At the top of hour number two, we get back to our Von's jewelrycom Twitter poll questions for a quick reset.
1: Uh, yes, give me one sec here. I've got to pull it up because I'm a uh, uh, fox Fox has announced that Alabama-Texas, the college football game, was going to be on Fox on September 10th. Okay. Which means it's going to be a big noon kickoff in Austin, Texas on September 10th. Yes. With uh, the average high around 93 degrees. And Texas and Alabama <laughs> fans are losing their minds, and I can't get enough of it. <laughs> uh, the tw- the tweets are saucy, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, yeah, we got Twitter poll questions up at 931Fade on Twitter. I mean, it's saucy, Jim. <laughs> saucy. Was the Reds no-hitting the Pirates but still losing a new low? 69% say yes. Good nice. for you people. Nice. Uh, our poll questions brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lyman celebrates love, online at vonsjewelry.com. We're also asking, do you believe Deshaun Watson has taken the Browns offense to the Bahamas for team building and football chemistry? 72% say yes.
0: There will be some chemistry involved, I'm quite <laughs> yeah, certain. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, folks. I'll let you believe what you want to believe. There
0: will be some chemistry involved, I am fairly certain. You do team building at
1: Texas Roadhouse. You got to go to the Bahamas for that. But all right. Uh finally, should the OHSAA adopt a rule that baseball tournament games should be played on turf? 84% say no.
0: Hanging right in there. Okay. Maybe maybe they'll change my mind before the end of the show. I don't know.
1: Probably probably not. 5:45, right? Yes, sir. Until
0: 5:45 yes, you can sir. get to @931 the fan on Twitter. You can vote until 5.45. We'll get back at the end of the show and give you the final results of the thevonsdrewy.com Twitter poll questions. So it is that point in the program on a Monday where we like to revisit our Friday show. <laughs> because on Fridays, we do a little something called Monday's Headlines Today where we make some general predictions about what the sports world might give us that would be qualify, that would qualify and be worthy of headline status. Now, I will admit that, generally speaking, I try to do four. I try to do two that I'm giving real thought to and that I either believe will happen or just hope like hell that they will. <laughs> I will also try to give you one that is a, a, just a blind guess at something that I've put really very little thought or time into preparing any sort of opinion on. And then there's one I usually try to go for that's just outlandish as hell because I want to see if I can get right. one of those right one time. Now, is that an explanation for why I tend to do very, very poorly? Possibly. But I do give real thought to two of my <laughs> I four. I try for two of them. I, I, I give legit thought. My first headline was Red Hot Since He Sweeps Pirates and
1: Heads to Cleveland. I had Reds plunder sweep from pirates.
0: You did. We didn't talk about that. We both had that. Uh, right after we did that, the Reds got a win that night. Yeah. That but was I felt good. That was the second in a four game series. I felt great. And then the very next day, they didn't give up any hits and lost.
1: Oh no no, on Saturday they blew a they, they they blew it Saturday. That was Saturday, wasn't
0: it? Wasn't Saturday they give up no hits No, yesterday lose? was the no hit. No, I thought they got beat I thought they got beat handily yesterday.
1: No, they lost one nothing yesterday. They okay. lost 3-1 on Saturday.
0: 3-1 on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, at any rate, this offense that appeared to be finding its legs a little bit gaining some confidence. I said 41 runs scored in the four preceding games. 41 <laughs> 41. 41 runs in four games. Managed to score a run after we made that prediction. So we both got an L there. Yeah, yeah, we not did. at all surprising. Nope. My second headline was even better. Suns escape Mavs will take on Warriors. Ooh. And I was concerned that people needed to know that I had actually crossed out await the game 7 winner. I had actually predicted, started that, to predict that, to beat a, that the Grizzlies and Warriors would end up in a game 7. I started to predict that and thought, "Nah, the Warriors are win." So I was I was okay there, but Suns escaped the Mavs. They they didn't even escape they they were unfortunately <laughs> they escaped their locker room. <laughs>
1: Barely. And that's, Barely. What, and that's what
0: led to a 27 point first half. As if scoring 17 in the first quarter wasn't embarrassing enough for the Suns, they backed it up with 10 in quarter number two. 10. Yep.
1: I had, nice. uh, what are you talking about? Willis, Guardians take two of three from Twins behind interim manager. They did not do that. <laughs> they did not do that. <laughs> that is not what ha- happened. So the Reds and the Guardians are both
0: coming into this two-game set with a real surge of optimism and positivity.
1: Oh, Yeah. Optimism is high in the Buckeye State for their baseball teams. Let me tell you,
0: should be, should be. So we're we're both a resounding O for two. My third one was my let's just throw this out there and see what the hell. Get a little crazy with one. I said the Lakers hired Doc Rivers.
1: That hasn't happened. The Lakers haven't hired anybody.
2: Do you
0: think <laughs> the Lakers will have a coach before Debo Samuel gets traded?
1: That is a fantastic <laughs> question. <laughs> uh...
0: Again, if you are a regular listener to the show, Garrett made a three ru- three week, three week running prediction that Debo Sammy would be traded over the weekend. It was He was yeah. a three-time Monday's headline today, and I picked it up for one week and did it for him because he didn't have the didn't stones have it, yeah. to try it for a fourth straight week. So we've not gotten that one right at all. And certainly, Doc Rivers is not coaching the Lakers. No one is no coaching one. the Lakers currently. At what point does that become an embarrassment? They've they got to look behind him to see when it became an embarrassment. All right.
1: Well, they got that going for him
0: and Frank Vogel's sitting back saying, well, I'm glad right, I'm, I'm not in right. that mess. has nothing to do with me anymore. So that was your three. I threw out a fourth oh, one.
1: I, 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 you had, I had, oh, you did have a third one. Yeah, I had uh, Leafs lit up by lightning, two-time reigning champs, rain on Toronto's parade dreams. I did get that one right.
0: You did. You got one but right. But
1: that was like saying, you know, the sun's going to rise tomorrow, picking the Toronto Maple Leafs to lose a game seven. Boy, well, man. you
0: say that, but it's still, there was at least some thought into that. And it, and it was an overtime game. It wasn't it like was. you skated to that that
1: deal. I, I, but I, I was adamant that the Maple Leafs were going to get just pounded. It was going to be 5 2, never close. I, th- I thought it was going to be Mavs' sons from last night in hockey form, and it wasn't, but it still was enjoyable to watch Maple Leafs lose.
0: So, my, my fourth Monday's headline today is one of those where you try to take something you just haven't put a lot of thought into, don't know a whole lot about, but feel like you can make a. <laughs> and, and just, you know, see what happens. Throw one out there. It's not outlandish. My outlandish one is always the prediction when I'm just saying, hey, this is going to be you know, Hell West and Crazy, let's just see. I actually made a prediction about golf. I on almost, Friday.
1: I almost said the University of Finley women's golf team was gonna win the national championship, but I thought that was outlandish. And then they, they did. and then they won the national championship. And
0: congratulations to the University of Finley women's golf team and congratulations more specifically to the Mulcahy sisters and what what a what a phenomenal run they had. We we, we should do a segment on that at some point. And we maybe maybe we can do it when the what we may have, in case we missed it this week. Or you'd have to do it, because it won't be me. But I said on Friday, from this chair, after quickly wondering what's going on in the PGA, because I don't follow it week to week like a lot of people.
1: And the PGA Championship this weekend, by the way. PGA Championship this
0: weekend. Well, the Byron Nelson was last week. And when I grabbed my computer on Friday, sitting in this very chair behind this very microphone, Jordan Spieth was four shots off the lead. Jordan Spieth's a guy that I think is eventually going to find it again and become the guy that we all thought he might be. And I just said, my my prediction was exactly Jordan Spieth comes from behind to win at the Byron Nelson. I didn't watch a single stroke (laughs) of that golf tournament. I got here today from my rather busy day at my job because I'm trying to cram in a week's worth of work in two days so I can go have surgery and not work again for a couple of weeks. And I don't know who K.H. Lee even is. But K.H. Lee won the Byron Nelson. 26 under for the tournament. He shot a 63 on Sunday.
1: And Now, is that good, John?
0: I I think it's really good. Jordan Spieth was 25 under for the tournament and shot a 67 on Sunday. I am not good at math in any way, shape, form, or fashion, but when you have a four-stroke difference on Sunday and you lose by a stroke, it means you could have won the tournament. I could have gotten a Monday's headline today right from a sport I know very little about, and I didn't. Thank you, Jordan Spieth, for that. Now, don't feel too badly for Jordan Spieth because he took home $991,900
1: okay week at the office. For
0: blowing a lead on a Sunday of an event, he got $991,900. But is all he
1: worried about what he lost?
0: I don't know. K.H. Lee, on the other hand, who managed to win the tournament with his 63 on a Sunday, got $1,638,000 into his bank account. So I get curious all the time. We talk about you want real pressure, stand over an eight-foot putt, and you make it, and you make a lot of money, or you miss it, and you don't. Well, it's not exactly the truth. It's not exactly the truth. How how would you do, Garrett, if I said to you, you're gonna have to find a way to live on sixteen thousand one hundred and ninety-eight dollars a week?
1: I feel like I could manage.
0: Because the last two guys in the field made sixteen thousand one hundred and ninety-eight dollars last week. To golf the poorest. <laughs> to be the worst that weekend. Big rig Harry Higgs just missed the cut and didn't get any money, <laughs> but sixteen one ninety eight in a week. You only got to do four that or four four days. You only got to do that eight or nine times, and you're living fairly comfortably. Right.
1: Things are going well.
0: Not for my Monday's headlines today. They're not. No, because no. Jordan but
1: Spieth blew elite. Or
0: he tried. A, he tried. God, God, God love, love him. him. He, he tried. tried. Just like those bucks, they tried we got to do another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. When we come back, it'll be time for football at 5.15. Interesting conversation today for sure. Stick with us after this. I'm John. He's Garrett. Cooking the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 931 The Fan.
1: Hurry, Garrett. It's still 5.15. And Service Master at your service welcomes you to football at 5.15. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant says, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why it's Service Master. They don't cut corners. They clean them. It was reported today that Deshaun Watson is going to take the entire Browns offense to the Bahamas this weekend for some team building, <laughs> football chemistry.
0: I love the way you say it; it just cracks <laughs> it's
1: just, me up. I got so many questions. Like, is he taking the entire offense? Like, they got a 90 man roster right now. Stop, <laughs> it. Stop <laughs> it! Stop it!
2: Stop oh, it! Right. Yeah.
1: Oh my God! Uh,
0: that's gonna be the Bahamas this weekend. Oh, thank God. Right we're not, there, uh, we're not
1: streaming on Facebook, dude. yeah. Oh my God, that would have been bad. Oh. <laughs> that ninety-man roster, Johnny, gonna take the practice squad dudes who have not, no are definitely not gonna make the roster. They go to the Bahamas too. You take him thirty-five dudes to the Bahamas this weekend. He's not taking the entire offense. Baker's not going. Well. <laughs> That's true. That is factually incorrect to so say he's taken the entire offense.
0: You think the OC gets invited?
1: Probably. <laughs> and that dude's like, nah. Did anybody I... that
0: got invited say, hey, are wives allowed to come?
1: Statistically, somebody <laughs> did, yeah.
0: <laughs> somebody had to
1: ask. Y'all care if I bring my girlfriend, my bulldog named Rufus? <laughs> do, you, do you care? <laughs> yes, I care. But then it also came out that uh, Deshaun Watson is going to have his first meeting with the NFL. Uh, in regards to his investigation of his sexual impropriety in Houston, Texas, uh, why they're meeting in Houston, I'm not a hundred percent certain. I don't, I'm not, I don't know. That I, I get that, but they're meeting in Houston, and uh, it's going to be the first of what I imagine are probably several meetings with the NFL. But, I, I would guess that there will be a there,
0: there, there will be multiple meetings with the NFL. Yes, but
1: dudes going to Bahamas at the end of the weekend. So, how bad of a week is he going to have? You know. Uh, do, do we know when specifically when the meeting with no, the NFL is? No, it just is? said this week.
0: This week, any chance the NFL gets wind of his plan to ta- and says, um, "We're we're not going to notify you until you know, like like we'd like to meet with you
1: Friday at noon." Right, uh, Sean, you got any plans? You meet Saturday? Uh actually, uh, me and thirty-seven other dudes were going to the Bahamas this weekend.
0: Can I? How does that information become public?
1: Because Deshaun Watson's people want it to become public.
0: That's this. That's the conversation I'm here for. Let's have that co- Because I, I'm not a PR expert, not in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But I've worked with some people that are PR experts. And I've watched television shows that portray what it is to be a PR. I'm trying to determine what what exactly is their view of how this is helpful to them
1: for this to become public. Because it's so... Outlandish, attention grabbing, etc. Are it we shifts the, the focus? Right. Are we the only people who are focusing or who are talking about, hey, Deshaun Watson's gonna have his first meeting with the NFL this week? Because all all everybody else is gonna take the funny angle of like, bro, you taking forty dudes at the Bahamas this weekend. So you get out ahead of it. You say whatever you need to say. To take the focus off of. Hey, by the way, don't forget that guy's accused of sexual misconduct by twenty two women. The the Browns as a whole, as an organization,
0: seeing it become public
1: can't can't like this move. I can't imagine. Now I think You can spin it as, hey, this is just a guy who's committed to winning and doing whatever it takes to get to know his teammates and uh, starting fresh in a whole new situation, and there's a lot of new names and new faces, and they want to get all on the same page so we can hit the ground running when it comes to training camp. Right? You can do that at Akron-Hoban High School. (laughs) You you don't got to go to the Bahamas. Now, if you're saying, like, "I, I, I, I don't think he can say, hey, there are probably some dudes who have some questions about my my past, my history, my conduct, and maybe have their minds made up about me already. And I think it's important to squash that now rather than August, rather than in September. I would have some legit respect for that because it shows some awareness of the situation that you have potentially put yourself in. To say, hey, there are probably some dudes who have some questions about me and I'd like to solve that now. I'd respect that. My.
0: The entirety of my issue with it, though, is that I don't think Deshaun Watson, and I don't care that he does this. I'm not, I'm not bothered by it to the extent that it's gonna, it's gonna be another strike against Deshaun Watson for me. Right. I, I just don't care about it that and, much. And
1: I've seen so many, you know, people on Twitter being like, "Oh, he's going to a place where prostitution's legal." Like, okay, yeah, I, I'm gonna go to Vegas in a few weeks. Like, that's. <laughs> it just so happens that. There are some things there that maybe don't look good. But I, do I believe that he's going to the Bahamas to go to a brothel? No. No, I don't. But to pretend as if the Bahamas is the best place to build football chemistry, I don't know that that's well, the case.
0: But again, where I struggle with the whole thing is I think Deshaun Watson has given the Browns enough things to have to spin.
1: Fair. Hundred percent fair. Why,
0: why give that organization something else that they have to spend before you've even had your first mini camp and your first meeting with the NFL? By the way.
1: So then, does it show a, a complete lack of awareness of the situation that you put yourself in?
0: Well, I think it. I think it demonstrates a conscious choice to say publicly, take this for what it's worth, but my. I'm trying to get with my new team and get away with my new team and get away from all these things. I think it is a little bit of a a lack of awareness that other people are going to have to answer the questions that shouldn't need to be asked right now. Yeah. Now, would it have probably become public knowledge at some point if they're in the Bahamas, a
1: group of 40 professional athletes?
0: Yeah, but let that happen. Let that happen, so then you can right say the you can legitimately say to people, "Hey, we tried to get away and just do a thing with the team. We're trying to build some camaraderie. We're trying to get together as a unit. I'm trying to ingratiate myself to my teammates. And this wasn't it wasn't our intent for this to be public. And we're not going to speak on it again.
1: Instead, you leak it to make it seem as if man, he's such a great dude. He's such a giving guy. He's going to take the guys he's going to be playing with who probably can't afford a." private jet to the Bahamas and stay at Ridiculous Resorts. But he's procured a field for them to do on-field activities. Okay. Okay. They got one of those in Berea. A couple of them, I would assume. You, you could do that. I just, I, I think it's a spit on my cupcake and tell me it's a frosting deal. Like, don't, you're not going to the Bahamas to build football chemistry. You're going to the Bahamas to build chemistry with the dudes you're going to play football with. I think
0: it just puts your organization in a pretty bad spot, and you've already done that. You don't need to do anything else that's going to do that, at least not in the very short term. You know what? Get through season one or get – I mean, get through minicamp.
1: Get through – Get through hey, minicamp. You're not going to be – we've decided we're not going to suspend Deshaun Sean Walton. Okay, then let's roll. Go do whatever you want. Get drunk and chase all the ta- Bahamian tail you want. I don't care. But with that lingering over you, I think it's a problem promise you one thing
0: for certain, this story ain't going anywhere, and it will be content for us for the foreseeable future.
1: I just imagine, uh, is it by Wednesday? By Wednesday, hey, uh, we've decided we're not going to go. No, they're going. You think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Until about Wednesday. Wednesday about 3.15, there will be a Sean Watson bullied into not taking his teammates to the Bahamas.
0: If we don't get... Instagram photos from them in the Bahamas. I'll buy you dinner. You tell me where.
1: That's a that's a lot of that's a lot of dinner. <laughs> uh, if you're looking across that glass, that's a lot of dinner.
0: I'm telling you, they are going to the Bahamas. We're gonna to get to see some, some pictorial evidence of their trip to the Bahamas, and then it'll be interrupted by whatever conversations the NFL wants to make public after they have their conversations wouldn't, with. Wouldn't them, be surprised at least their initial it. conversation with Deshaun Watson. We gotta take another Don Jenkins jeweler timeout. When we come back. I don't. Gene Smith's at it again. This is some
1: juicy stuff by the
0: way. Oh uh, well, it, 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 Gene is a uh, he's a polarizing figure. He said some stuff. He is uh he's also a very influential man in college football. We're about to find out how influential. Join us for that conversation after this on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Back here inside the basement doctor studio 419 227 9393 894 ESPN 888 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, 3776 are the numbers to use if you want to reach the program. Now, Garrett, I am getting aged. Memory's a little faulty, but it's sometime within the last week and a half, maybe two weeks, that we talked about Gene Smith being rather open about the idea that the college football powers, the, 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 yeah. the teams and the universities that, that dominate college football may need to or may want to or at least have an interest in breaking away from the NCAA and Gene Smith is the athletic director at the Ohio State University is one of the louder voices I won't say creating but it's not quite necessarily right to say echoing that thought either I, I think it's somewhere between the two and it's within the last couple of weeks we
1: talked pretty openly yeah, about it he said hey the college football needs to operate under the college football playoff umbrella not the NCAA umbrella
0: yeah and he spoke again recently as if Name, image, and likeness and other things aren't going to continue to get attention. Um, this became a topic of conversation
1: as well. Yeah, he was doing an interview with AthleticDirectorU.com. Banner day for them. And he the overarching discussion was about name, image, and likeness. And then he kind of segued a, an answer to playing under a different umbrella and how that would help name, image, and likeness. And, and the interviewer asked, well, how would that operate? How would major college football operate outside of the ncaa now i will say this is a somewhat lengthy answer so we got it's a couple minutes but i find it incredibly interesting about his thought process and how he kind of goes step by step on on how it would work but this is ohio state athletic director gene smith saying this is how you do it this is how you operate college football outside of the ncaa and all your other sports inside the ncaa
2: the fbs are those schools that offer 85 scholarships or more there's a clear distinction with the, the investment that those schools make and everybody else. And so to me, when you can take 130 schools as, a th- as opposed to 352, the 130 schools who have the same mission, who have the same invest, level of investment, uh, you can create your own rules. You, you put in place your recruiting rules, your, your personnel rules, and, and your calendar for what football looks like. You don't touch anything else. You know, the, the, the basketball tournament stays the same. You know, your Olympic sport competition stays the same. The NCAA still manages your academics and the eligibility center. But for those schools, we can create our own rules and, um, you know, have our own commissioner, executive director, wherever it's called. Uh, you got the playoff thing looming. That Those schools participate in the playoff anyway. So that so that becomes a part of the structure, whether it's eight, 12, or 16. And so to me, um, it's a model that allows us to decentralize mm-hmm. uh, intercollegiate athletics with those schools who are making the same investment in football. And, and we can address it because really, at the end of the day, that's, that's what the noise is. Mm-hmm. You know, with all due respect, I love synchronized swimming. I really do. But nobody's writing about it. Right. Nobody's talking about it. Right. All the politicians aren't doing this for synchronized swimming. Right. And, and I love that sport. But at the end of the day, we need to separate ourselves and, and create our own structure. And it allows us to move faster, too, move expeditiously. If that structure was in place right now with NIL, NIL we would already fix the inducement part. Right. We would have dealt with it because we could have our own enforcement inside. Or well, we can third party it. And, and we can actually say, okay, this is the highest priority. Go fix it. So, I don't know. I just I just think that um, the Division one has been too big for so long. Well, not years ago when I was fighting, not just me, some of my colleagues were fighting for cost of attendance to change our scholarship model. It took us years to get there. Right. Because other schools voted against it, with all due respect to those schools. They're not us. It's not the same. They're, they don't, they're, they're not, they are they are not writing about those schools. The politicians aren't talking about those schools. So, I don't know. I just kind of feel like we need to recognize that we're different, set up a structure to pay, pay tribute to that difference. Because of the diversity that we're trying to serve underneath the NCAA tent of Division One, doesn't work. It works for the basketball tournament, yes. Because you can have a Saint Peter's evolve, or yes. It works for baseball or track or tennis, right. But it doesn't work for football unless it's face the music and change it. That's
0: Gene Smith, athletic director at the Ohio State University, with his thoughts on
1: why. I think it's a little light on the how. Well, and that's but, the, like, he, he said, you know, hey, this is a top priority for us. Let's go solve it. Well, conceivably, that's how the NCAA works, too. Now, if your argument is, hey, there's, you know, we're at three divisions and there's 352 schools in Division I, that, that's, that's the big problem. Okay, but who's to say that just magically because you create the college football playoff umbrella any of your big problems are going to get solved either
0: well and i think that's you just said it you hit the nail right on the head that's what jumped out at me when i hear his comments i it's difficult to deny what he says when you have 130 schools out of 352 that operate on a different plane right that that, that you can't deny that
1: well for for instance um like ohio state on football coaching salaries spends as much as northern illinois entire athletic budget for an entire for an entire athletic year. Right. You you're not on the same Right. So so, field. so that, why why is that school or schools like that dictating what Ohio State, Alabama, Texas, USC do.
0: That part I don't think anyone would argue with. The the notion that they could break away and create their own structure and framework for how to operate that would make sense for them. I don't think anyone would deny that. But when I hear him say things like if if, if we, we have this model to decentralize and if we had already done this, we would have been able to fix the inducement problem with NIL. How, jump,
1: right,
2: how would you have
0: fixed that? You, you I, Again, I don't deny that it would be possible that they would be more nimble and be able to move more quickly than, than what the NCAA moves because of being able to focus on a f- smaller number of schools. But... I don't, I, you're not going to fix that problem because you don't have to wait on the NCAA to get involved. That, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that at all. No. And I, I would have loved for him to expound on exactly how it is, that he, why it is that he feels that they would have already had that fixed. By doing what? You've got your own enforcement, but you're not talking anything specific. I don't think anybody denies that it is very, very unlikely that we will see Power Five football schools operating under the NCAA's umbrella for very much longer I don't think anyone denies that I also think that there's no way and and these are some of the smartest leaders in in the sports landscape certainly at the college level they don't have the ability to talk to you uh, about all the unforeseen consequences that are going to come out of this and it it, maybe I'm being cynical I have always been a little bit of a a equal parts cynical and idealist but it sounds like Gene Smith's kind of positioned himself to be the guy
1: a little bit. At the same time, though, these are the same people who couldn't agree to expand the college football playoff because they couldn't figure out just how much more money they were going to make. They were butthurt that they were pull- people were pulling strings behind the scenes to move Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, and that's why the college football playoff isn't going to expand until 2028. So y- you can have this idealist attitude of, it would be so much better if we did it the way I, to, I want to do it. But y'all can't get out. It took you 145 years to figure out that people want to know who the best damn team is. <laughs> so I, I, I have a little bit of apprehension of thinking that just suddenly, magically, you're going to say, well, hey, we should do it this way. And everybody goes, oh, you know what? That, that That is a much better way to do this. Why hadn't we thought of that sooner? And then you're not faced with the same problems. That you're faced with now, other than you're worried that the St. Peters and the Wright States and the Youngstown States and the Purdue Fort Wayne's rule rule Division One because they have the numbers. That's the only that's basically the only thing you're trying to get away from is the like-minded schools who play FBS football. Who even there, there's a, a chasm between the haves and the have-nots. But you're gonna you're gonna experience that same problem if you do what Gene Smith says we should do.
0: I, I certainly think so, as, as, and even as understandable as his sentiment is, and I think that it, it would be difficult not to be able to understand why Gene Smith and others in his positions at, in, at institutions like Alabama or Clemson or Georgia, or you know fill in the, the blank, those teams that are, are going to be playoff teams, those teams that are fighting, I can even throw Teton in there, I guess, You know, trying to get to the playoff why they would feel differently and why they would feel like they need to operate separately from the schools that don't have that same commitment, the 85 scholarship limit and all that stuff. I get it. But And again, I'm, this is not apples to apples. So if this sounds, again, oversimplified, just give me, cut me some slack. I'm a, I'm a country kid. But Fortune 500 companies don't get to say, well, the IRS shouldn't dictate our, our rules of how we operate. I mean, they, they, they dictate rules to the guy that runs the gas station over in Herod. Why? Why should? It right. used to be a gas station here. Why? Why should we? We We should be able to create our own structure for how we're going to do things. I mean, again, I know that's not exactly apples. Then, to and Apples. And but then the,
1: they pay lobbyists to pay Congress members to yeah. to, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to change the laws. Yeah. No, I, I I I I think there's merit there. Of we don't like the way we we're being governed. We're going to figure out a way to govern ourselves. And then you get into it and go, oh, well, this wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Because it is, it's is—it's idealist to say, hey, this is how it should be done, and that's the way we're going to do it. I, I like the idea, and I think it's a true sentiment of, hey, if we all got on the same page and had a commissioner or an executive director or somebody who pulled us all in the same direction, this would this, the sport would be better for it. Agree 100%. But it ain't that easy.
0: Is there any part of you that, since we would both agree that it's probably inevitable that it's going to happen, is there any part of you that feels about this scenario the way we've talked about porn before? Like A little bit. Let, let's just get it. Right. So we can see what happens. <laughs> I, I Because th- there are going to be unforeseen train wrecks. I don't know if I want to see them or, yeah, let's just see them as soon as possible so we can figure out that mess. Because it's going to happen at some point. I don't know what it's going to take to make it happen, but I think we know that the NCAA is not going to control power conference right. football teams for very much longer. Let's get to it. I
1: don't, I don't, f- I don't, f- I don't fear, you know, college football being damaged so badly if they do move outside the NCAA's umbrella and screw it up. Like I don't, I don't fear the demise of college football. Now, there are people who would tell you. That over the course of the last three years, they've we've seen the demise of college football. Oh my gosh, it's pay for play now. Jordan Addison's going to leave Pitt and go to USC because a booster wants to give him money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have not witnessed the demise of college football. It is as strong as it's ever been. I don't think they can leave the NCAA umbrella and screw it up so poorly. I I, I would I would actually believe it would be. You would see the demise quicker from staying in the NCAA than going outside of it.
0: I, I'm just curious. I, I really am. I would. I'd be curious to see that the if they decentralize and create their own new structure, I would be curious to see how it is that we determine who's at the quote unquote top of that. Where do the power struggles
1: uh, and that, and that's the, ensue? You're They're never going, going to be able to, to agree right. on who should be.
0: Is it Greg Sankey and Gene Smith? You know, are they going to like get in, get in the octagon and, and whichever guy? gets a win here you get to be the first in command and then the other guy will be your you know your first lieutenant and then you guys can run the whole world
1: don't hate it <laughs> but are they going to broadcast that on fox or espn
0: <laughs> it's got to be a fox deal right yeah I, I think it's, it's more logically
1: is it going to be espn plus
0: <laughs> now it's probably going to be amazon prime we're not going to go watch anything in the traditional way that we get to watch tv anymore it's all going to go away Gene Smith is a forward thinker. Gene Smith is a mouthpiece for a lot of people well, well, when he
1: says what he says. A few years ago, I thought when he fired Thad Mata that the school should fire Gene Smith because it got to the point where everybody kind of knew that Thad Mata needed to go and he waited till June. And at that point, I didn't trust him to make the hire and I thought, okay, this, this is its course. This should be, after hearing that at least a little bit, gives me some faith and hope that he just says, listen, like this is the way it should be, and I'm tired of pretending like it shouldn't. I think that takes some boys. And, yeah, hell, there's no question. And, and I, I respect the hell out of you for saying this is how we've operated for a really long time and it's stupid and we need to change it. I'm okay. I agree.
0: I just I just can't quite get my head around what the change looks like, and I'm going to have to see it function for a while to to try to for you believe to try and understand and believe that it can actually work. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm fully accepting that I've been so my lifetime in sports has been so dominated by the NCAA that sometimes I feel like, well, that's all I know, so nothing else can work. The truth matters. The NCAA hasn't worked for a very long time, and if something else isn't going to work, let's just see how it doesn't work and see if we can figure that out too. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. I think it could be very interesting, and I. I just, like I said, I think mean Gene Smith's a forward thinker. I also know he's a mouthpiece for a lot of people who agree with what he's saying. And somewhere along the line, some people have decided to let him be that, right? Because you don't, you don't hear anybody else. No. we don't get they- a lot of coverage of other people doing the same things he's doing. And there are people who feel exactly
1: the way he feels. Right? They'll feed stuff to him, of like this is how we feel, yep. and we need you, who are pretty secure in your job, to be the one to say it. Stay tuned; it's going to be interesting.
0: We got to do another Don Jeweler timeout. When we come back, we'll be time for poll results and a little water cooler conversation right here on Cookie and the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 931 The Fan. Final time back here inside the basement, Dr. Studio, John Cook and Garrett Seawright with you. Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. And it is time for our VonsJewelry.com Twitter poll results for today.
1: Yes, sir. Our questions were, were was, how I know. Was the Reds <laughs> no hitting the Pirates but still losing a new low? 68% yes. say Yes. Do you believe Deshaun Watson has taken the Browns offense to the Bahamas for team building and football chemistry? 67% say yes. Also, finally, should the OHSAA adopt a rule that baseball tournament games should be played on turf? 81% say no. And those were our Bonds Diamonds and Jewelry poll questions where Lima celebrates love. Online at BondsJewelry.com. Water cooler today? Ah, uh, the University of Hartford, John, is moving from <laughs> Division One to Division Three because Division One is not financially responsible, according to their president. Most famous Hartford alum? Uh, I have no idea. You're too young, Vin Baker. Uh, uh, yeah, bald dude played for the Sonics back in the day, played
0: Celtics as well. He's on he's on the Bucks bench. He was a Buck for a while. He's on the Bucks bench as an assistant coach. Oh,
1: Vin Baker uh, played uh, for Hartford. The athletic director for the University of Hartford tweeted or not tweeted sent an email to the all the coaches at the University of Hartford that says that says coaches hope that you are all doing well as we approach graduation this weekend i wanted to touch base about behavior expectations as many of you know commencement is a celebration for all and our teams must not be part of any disruptions to this event for students families and friends I encourage you to address with your team that while any disruption may result in disciplinary sanctions, including but not limited to their diplomas or transcripts being held, the respective sport program may also have repercussions. These will include forfeiting games and or suspensions of the entire 2022-2023 seasons. Lastly, keep in mind that as leaders of your program, you are responsible for the behavior of your student-athletes. If they booed the president, they got threatened with your season being canceled. That. It's an
0: all-timer. That's a positive way to head into your transition <laughs> to Division yep. Three. I want to know what these coaches are going to do. I'm thinking basketball, but they're going to go out now and recruit with no scholarship money. Yep. Significantly changing the types of players that they are looking at during their evaluation period and during their summer recruitment. Uh, interesting. Hartford, not not necessarily a hugely proud
1: basketball tradition. No, nope, they but... made the tournament of. A- Two years, or last year maybe, and then like a week later announced, hey, by the way, that's the last time we're going to do it. We're going to D3. <laughs> oh, to that's to problem. Three.
0: My water cooler conversation today is just strictly a personal thing to me, and I didn't know that this was un- in the works, didn't know that it was going to happen, and it has happened. Johnny Cueto, former Cincinnati Red, one of my all-time favorites. I so, I told you I think he might be my fourth favorite Red or fifth. He's in my top five for sure, <laughs> and I love Johnny Cueto. I, I, in fact, I when he had his last outing as a Red, I live-tweeted the entire game. I, I tweeted the entire, posted on Facebook the entire game, and he was spectacular that night, by the way. And then he went to the Royals, and he was really outstanding in his in his first I outing helped there. Him
1: win a world helped series. him
0: win a World Series. Helped him win a World Series, although he wasn't great in the postseason. But Johnny Cueto has had his contract purchased by the Chicago White Sox, and he will make his season debut today versus those Kansas City Royals of whom he used to be a member. Personal thing to me, I love Johnny Cueto. Hope he goes out there and pitches a no-hitter and loses. <laughs> Because I know it can happen. I've seen it now. Hunter Green needs some company. Garrett and I got to get out of here. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. We are back tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Same bat time, same bat channel, I think as Coz used to like to say. We hope that you'll join us then. My last show for the week. Good news to some. <laughs> Maybe not to others. <laughs> Appreciate you for joining us. Look forward to chatting with you again tomorrow. John Cook, Garrett Seawright, Cooking the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93. one, The Fan.